Hello and welcome to Chatting Fit, the podcast that gives you knowledge and opinions from the world of health and nutrition. I'm your host, Finley McLaren, a personal trainer and health coach with over 10 years experience in the industry, as well as a master's degree in nutrition, physical activity and public health. Today we're speaking to Denis Vasilev, an absolute legend and champion of kettlebell sports. He's been world champion in various styles of kettlebell competition, long cycle and biathlon, 11 times between 2008 and 2021. And he holds various kettlebell world records. We could sit here and list off all of Dennis's athletic achievements, but we'd be here all day. So the best thing is to just hear from Dennis himself. And as usual, before we start the show, I'd like to ask if you could please give us a review, a like, a share, a subscribe, whatever you can, just to help our show grow and bring more knowledge of health and nutrition to more people. Thanks for listening and on with the show. So, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for inviting. Happy to be here. That's a pleasure. Um, could you just, we all had a little bit of an intro there. Um, could you just put us on the, on the same page and tell us a little bit about you in your own words, your background and how you got to where you are today? Well, it's been a, quite a journey. And um, I actually started as a mixed martial artist. Uh, it wasn't like I wasn't a capable lifter from, from the beginning. I was an athletic kid, uh, but I honestly, you know, didn't know where to apply all this energy and my parents they just signed me up for karate classes age six you know even before before i started going to uh, school and then uh, karate wasn't for so long so it was about a year and then uh, kind of we switched to kickboxing and that was a good one that was i think a first um, uh, coach uh, with whom kind of i bond and kind of feel his energy and, and inspiration and it was i definitely made a progress there as a young uh, young athlete uh, made some success uh, like we did i think maybe three four years uh, uh, but then um, also kind of we moved to different neighborhoods so i need to kind of stop uh, going to his classes and we find kind of alternative it's called uh, in english i believe uh, hand-to-hand combat okay uh, in Russian, that's called a rukapashny boy. So it's a <laughs> sort of uh, kind of a basic uh, of uh, of mixed martial arts. Uh, uh, sorry, of MMA, of a kind of MMA style where you basically using all of uh, all of your body, elbows, feet, knees. Uh, you can wrestle, you can strike, uh, and I was doing that for uh, for a while up to high school, like almost for like since age 10 all the way to to 15 and then in high school I start be kind of interest uh, show interest in weightlifting you know uh, so start attending the gym uh, just machines start doing machines uh, and uh, school teacher he kind of once show up in the in the gymnasium and say okay guys we need to set up the school team for kettlebell sport you know, like what's kettlebell sport but well we knew what kettlebell is so he right away kind of gives us tests okay maximum jerk with double 24s maximum snatch with 24. Um, and well that's how i was signed up for kettlebell sport uh, competitions uh, the first time it was 1999 um yeah so that was that was the beginnings mm. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, and, and just to clarify, you're from, you're from Russia, right? That's where you were born. Yep. That's where you were raised. And um, Russia and Eastern Europe has an incredible reputation for just being tough. Like when you, when I think of Russia and when I think of Eastern Europe and, and um, I don't know that the main names that I think of, especially in, in the kettlebell world are, are sort of Pavel Satsulin. Um, and everything is about just, you know, being in control and being controlled of the weight and the actual strength that you can get from doing basic, basic movements. So what was it, what was it like growing up in that environment and that atmosphere? Well, lots of uh, lots of competition there. I honestly, like looking back, and uh, uh, it's quite amazing for me that I made it all the way to here, because uh, it wasn't any, I, at least myself, I haven't saw any signs of some extraordinary, I don't know, or some outstanding abilities in myself. It, it just was a hunger uh, of achieve something being good in something and uh uh well i definitely was sympathizing to to physical activity and i i feel myself well i don't know i was thinking about it as athletism uh, or not but i definitely felt like i can i can learn you know moves or or some you know skill sports and i was was excited about it uh but uh uh like mixed martial arts uh, I was uh, a little bit heavier than guys uh, of my uh, of my age, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't chubby. I was uh, well, we can say maybe a bit more athletic. But anyways, <laughs> when you when when you are a kid, like let's say when you like ten years old, uh, even let's say you know you kind of you know have athletic body, but you you're way behind the kid who's twelve. Like somehow, just you know, he's developed a bit uh, better. So I was uh, always kind of, you know, uh, it, the the fights was were organized by body weight, and I was fighting with a slightly older kids. I was was tough. I was uh, uh, well, not like well, like it, it wasn't like you know physical damage, but I was like beating up, beat up in uh, in these fights. Were were losing at first. Uh, but it was a great motivation for me. I just, you know, like I really wanted to figure it out how it works, and that's actually one of the first, uh, you know, lessons I've learned that uh, it's actually very good to uh, to work out with uh, stronger uh, partners. Whatever you do, it it mixed martial arts, kettlebell sport. It's uh, it's again if your motivation is right, when you're not just, you know, uh, ego. Uh, guy but you just you know kind of wants to make some improvements it's always very uh, humbling experience and a motivational experience to figure out how it works uh, so most lots of competition and mixed martial art and eventually well I became uh, uh, well one of the best students in our in in this in the group I wore it and I didn't went into any international level, but uh, I think my best achievement in mixed martial arts was um, like first place in the city championship. It was a Kaliningrad uh, city. It's like a west of Russia. Uh, I get a brown belt uh, in this mixed martial arts. Uh, had about 40 fights, and uh, I think I won a little bit over than half of them, maybe like 22, 23. I won. Uh, 
Uh, and then uh, kettlebell sport, when it starts, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 quite different from it's uh, uh, well in um, in in Europe in the West uh, now. It's it's still competition is not not as strong. It's it's still quite a few professionals, but in Russia, like you you enter competitions and there will be like twenty guys on 32s in, in your weight class, not like, uh, it's not every competition uh, you know, in Europe have uh, 20 guys on 32s, but there was only in your weight class. And among them, like five, you know, sometimes 10, like super sharp, like a master of sport guys. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw that, like, uh, I, uh, I, I haven't saw myself like being best of the best and I thought maybe one day I'll be able to get this master of sport rank or, you know, maybe I uh, will become a champion of Russia. One day yeah. it's like a final target, but I yeah. never ever dreamed about being a world champion. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and can you tell us a little bit, I mean, this is naivety speaking here, but a little bit about like how did kettlebells come to prominence like what is it about a kettlebell is it just someone who welded a handle on a big lump of metal and then started playing with it i mean what's the history of it uh that's a that's a uh, weight measure tool i think it goes to like ancient times and even you know there's some archaeologists uh you know they discovering some uh, like uh, uh, iron, uh, not, not iron, uh, uh, like a uh, rock uh, kettlebells, you know, cut from a rock just, uh, well, it's, it's basically, uh, yeah, if we all go not, not that far away, but uh, like 19th century. So that was uh, like a flea market, uh, something like that, where, you know, you just wait whatever you're buying uh you know it's a, it's a meat it's a vegetables uh and uh well again as far as i know that uh, after this markets it was like kind of like a out of uh, after party when guys staying to hang out and i think they start like throwing these bells uh like heaviest ones and it's uh, even uh, that was a different m- measurement system in uh, like uh, uh, 19th century russia it was a put uh, which is 16 kilograms, and then two put is uh, 32 kilograms, and one and a half put is 24, and that's kind of the original weights of, of sport kettlebells we're lifting now. It's still three main weights, uh, 16, 24, and 32. Uh, and so, yeah, they were throwing it. Who can throw it higher? And um, again, I think this from this flea market, its uh, first step was to circus. So I think uh, kettlebells was uh, as a, one of the kind of attractions in, in, in circus where guys were throwing and flipping it, basically juggling. I think juggling uh, was the first before like long cycle, jerk and snatch. Uh, and it was like that pretty much all the way to mid 20th century. And again, on, on my knowledge, as far as I know that uh, after second world war, like in this uh, Soviet military, you know, was developed to kind of the way to keep uh, soldiers in shape. And they uh, apply this existing tool, kettlebell, to military preparation because it's, I, I guess, uh, cheap. Uh, you know, you're not 
you don't need to deal with these different plates and barbells and power racks. So you just give soldier a kettlebell, you know, and he can carry it himself, you know, and then he can lift it. Uh, so, uh, uh, and, and that was one of the kind of first uh, beginnings of uh, what we call now a kettlebell sport. So it was just uh, just a workout. And I think snatch is the one of the oldest exercises. It's when you swing the bell up to over the head. Uh, and then jerk came second. Uh, actually, uh, uh, like this uh, middle uh, of the of the 20th century, like 50s, 60s, uh, 70s, uh, kettlebell sport was next to uh, Olympic weightlifting uh, mm. federation in, in mm. Soviets at least, and that was the uh, uh, same exercises. And so when it was Olympic competed at the same time as well in competitions because all, we hear, we obviously see a lot in the Olympics with with uh, Olympic weightlifting, but there was the same level of focus on kettlebell competition in, in Russia and the, and um, and Eastern Europe. Uh, you mean the level of popularity? Yeah. Well, Olympic uh, weightlifting uh, was uh, legit uh, internationally. <laughs> Accepted was in Olympics, so of course Olympic weightlifting were, I think, more popular, and kettlebells kettlebells were more of a kind of a working class okay. kind of uh, workouts, and, uh, far away from fancy fame anything. Even myself, when I started it, um, well, it just was a solution uh, kind of to stay fit, and it, it's also a kind of. Uh, was beneficial uh, in university. I studied, you know, it was a team, university team, and it's not like I was really kind of uh, in love with this kettlebell sport. I figured, okay, it is some sort of a weightlifting, and you know, it's um, I'm pretty good in it, and it's it gives me extra points in university, so I will stick with it. But I never felt about it as something cool. I honestly, I feel like it's total opposite. I feel like it's such a like not the thing to drag about with you know when you're hanging out with girls you know kettlebells no <laughs> yeah. no i thought it's like uh i thought it's such a just while well, you're all in chalk uh, you know like mm. uh no uh, i honestly i was really surprised uh, uh 2010 when we host the first uh, international certification and when guys all over the world came up to learn uh well, I should, uh, like from states, from Australia, from Europe, uh, I just, I just dropped my jaw on the floor. Mm. So what, yeah. why even these guys will be interested in this, in this kettlebell, like why, why they, they need that. Uh, but, uh, it kind of makes me think about it, uh, more, um, kind of, uh, biased, uh, just mm. what it do to your body. And that's where I start to grow uh, my my sympathy to it. Just when you yeah. start to think what it's actually uh, developing uh, yeah. when you when you exercise with it. I mean, I mean that's the thing. It it has become incredibly popular. I mean, there are <clears throat> a lot of gyms now have kettlebells in them. I mean, maybe not to the to the level and the weights of you know thirty two kilos, um, but certainly a lot of them up to. 12 and a half or 16 i think i've seen in some of the factory gyms and then in the crossfit gyms you're certainly getting big kettlebells in there they might not necessarily be doing the same moves with the kettlebells um there's a lot of farmers carries and um a lot of other movements in there turkish get-ups um but it's certainly it's certainly grown in prominence a lot um so 
But in terms of like kettlebell competition, adjunct from just using kettlebells as a training accessory, like what are the main forms of kettlebell competition? I mean, you mentioned long cycle there. Could you tell us what that is as well as biathlon? Yeah, uh, and uh, that's a very important uh, topic. Uh, and, uh, thank you for bringing it. Uh, because, uh, well, like what the way I, I feel about it is that it's actually, it's not about the tool. It's not about kettlebell that it's so you know, brilliant or, or unique or whatever. It's, it's about what you do with it. And what's really different from most of the exercises, uh, there's this kettlebell sport exercises, uh, three movements only. Uh, one is a long cycle. And, uh, well, we can say it's, uh, I don't know, maybe an old school name for it will be clean and jerk because you literally, you, you swing and get kettlebells on the chest and then from chest you do the jerk. Uh, actually, uh, uh, when you think about it, it's kind of like a Olympic weightlifting jerk. Uh, guys exactly. doing only one exercise, mm. uh, but uh, they clean and jerk it. it. It's it's kind of long cycle, kind yeah. of. Uh, well, they they not bother to drop it properly because as long as soon as bar over the head, uh, their job is done, so they just leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, and and we uh, kettlebell lifters, kettlebell sport athletes, we multiply it. Um, so that's why actually uh, for us. It's, it's important uh, to drop the bell, to lower the bell mm. uh, correctly, not only lift it over the head, because you want to then repeat it all over again. Okay. Uh, and, and that established a very unique uh, lifting technique. So, uh, well, okay, long cycle, that clean and jerk, and then uh, biathlon, that's uh, jerk and snatch, two okay. exercises. And it's the amount of repetitions you can do consecutively. That's what the competition is based around, or it's the most amount of weight accumulatively lifted. What, yeah. What's what are the how how are they assessing the competition? Yeah. So uh, three exercises, and uh, uh, classic is that only two events, uh, long cycle stand on its own. It's usually just one exercise, uh, and then uh, jerk and snatch. They usually go together, and that's what's called biathlon. Okay. And uh, you do jerk first, and then you need to, well, if it's competitions, you need to take at least 30 minutes of break, and then you go for snatch. Mm. And then, uh, again, what's, what's, what's make it so unique is that, uh, well, either exercise of these three you do, or you need to do it for 10 minutes long, and you cannot drop the bells on the floor. Wow. And, wow. and these two That's conditions, uh, these two conditions, they totally changing the uh, the game and they, mm. they totally um, switching the priorities mm. uh, of what you think about when you when you lift and it it it, it motivates you to think about like different things uh, completely different uh, from let's say if you need to lift something for one or two or three repetitions mm. uh, because here you're dealing with uh, uh, with endurance component. You need to breathe. You need to be endure to handle this ten minutes uh, uh, non-stop work, and then uh, you're dealing also with uh, lots of uh, 
mobility and flexibility in your joints are all over the body mm. uh, because you need to um, rest uh, well you need, uh, well there are static phases uh, that's what um, makes it possible to lift up for so long for 10 minutes uh, without static phases there's there will be no way to handle such work but yeah. uh, when we're talking about long cycle jerk so um, uh, what kettlebell lifters um, came up with is uh, uh, we stuck our elbows on uh, on the iliac crest on the pelvis. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why you cannot have a stiff chest. Yeah. Uh, you need to have a quite a mobile shoulders, hmm. so you will lower them. That that's interesting for for anyone who wants to have a look at this online and see Dennis lifting. Like it kind of breaks what we would see, or what are certainly in the Olympic weightlifting world and in a lot of the weightlifting world would say about you know safe back shape like from what i see it's like incredibly lordotic which is which is a big curve at the bottom of the spine and it's a lot of leaning back now i'd be interested about your take on that clearly it's safe in the way that you're doing it but it kind of makes us rethink about what is safe for the back and what load it can take and the position there mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's still even um on uh instagram you know some of uh my followers or people who come across my uh uh, profile who's not capable lifter that's uh that's one of the top questions what's going mm. on with your back oh i'm so <laughs> like i cannot i cannot look on it what he's doing to his back and, uh, 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 i'm doing it for uh, over 20 years consistently yeah. mm. and uh, i never feel better <laughs> that's yeah. uh kind of the the basic uh truth of it uh, and um uh, there are there are like reasons why, and uh, uh, I don't want to uh, kind of say that it's uh, wrong to lift heavy because honestly, myself, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, weightlifting, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, the reason I'm I'm doing this is because of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was impressed, and I'm still uh, you know a, a big fan of. Um, mm-hmm weightlifters uh, uh bodybuilders it's it's impressive what mm. they do but uh, it's it's way more aggressive and and risky uh work rather than uh kettlebell sport safety wise uh nothing nothing is 100 percent safe mm. that's also important to understand uh no no any uh physical activity especially weightlifting is 100 percent safe uh and that's fine uh because uh uh uh, there are rules and uh, uh, technique, what we call, and you just need to respect that. And if you do not respect that, you will get hurt, whatever you do. Even the most uh, you know, basic exercise, if you will not follow the, the uh, basic uh, 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 biomechanic uh, rules, uh, you will get hurt. So study the technique, you know, study it, uh, start light and easy, you know, build it up uh and uh uh in kettlebell sport the reason uh why we uh kind of um stretch our, our back and keep it this way is that mm. uh well i always like we're talking about let's say olympic weightlifting jerk and kettlebell sport jerk mm. uh target is the same to get weights over your head but the difference start uh, in in the tool and uh olympic lifting that's a bar Mm. That's one piece of equipment. 
uh, and because it's a, a one piece, it's actually quite comfortable to rest it on the chest. Yeah. Uh, and so when it's on the chest, it's uh, you know the top of your backbone, so everything below uh, must be straight, and that's what we call the classic uh, weightlifting yeah. posture to keep that, back, to keep that you know. center of line through yeah. and and yeah. the center of gravity yeah. coming straight down. Yeah, and then uh, Olympic weightlifting jerk. It, it's not a press, right? The, mm. the, we, the, the power goes from the legs, mm. bump, uh, but bump, uh, we, we, um, we do it by the chest. We push, mm. well, we, 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 we're extending the legs, but the literal connection, you know, the barbell yeah. from, the, from the chest. Yeah. And in kettlebell sport, uh, that's the two separate tools, these kettlebells with the handles. Mm. And even if you will try to rest them here on the chest like a barbell it will not be comfortable because there is no connection uh with them they kind of they intended to go all over the place there you you cannot find a spot for them it just it just very very un uncomfortable your shoulder uh your shoulders get get tired and, and pumped like with a barbell with your good mobility you theoretically even can leave it on the chest without arms yeah uh with kettlebells yeah. you like you cannot really do that so mm -hmm. it's way more comfortable well, so it's it's kind of what's make it difficult to um, lift it as a barbell. But what we can do with kettlebells and cannot do with barbell is because of the separate tools, we can lower the shoulders mm. and we can place elbow on the pelvis. Yeah. And when elbow on the pelvis, uh, that's where now the whole of the weight concentrated. Oh, okay. uh, the way the way you hold kettlebell. Uh, let me actually. I, I have a couple. I think uh, I think it might be visible. So well, uh, as long as you describe this for anyone who's just listening and not watching. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So uh, uh, when when we hold kettlebell in our hand, then um, the weight goes through through the forearm bone mm. uh, and from the wrist to elbow. So when the when it's a correct rack position, when you place your arms correctly, so the most of the weight should stand straight on the pelvis which okay. is uh, below the backbone mm. and that's the reason why it's it's okay for you to relax your back because there is no weight on it yeah and uh, uh the the problems might start when you grab the kettlebells but you're uh, kind of trying to lift it as a, as a barbell yeah uh, when you when you hold bells on your chest and on the same time you're not paying attention to your posture Mm. Well, that's how you can, you know, um, can injure yourself. So yeah. uh, if you do a kettlebell sport style, then you need to rest elbows on the pelvis. Mm. You can relax your back. If you okay. um, want to lift kettlebells, uh, I know, hard style, let's call it, from the chest, well, then back must be straight. But you will not be able to uh, lift it for multiple times uh, and for minutes this way. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more fatigue because you're relying more on your your upper body to to control the weight, right? And you're not using your 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 glutes and your center of gravity to actually maneuver the weight around. Uh, when weight on the chest, besides uh, the fact that uh, muscles of upper body engaged, uh, you mm. also uh, have troubles to breathe mm. because of the weight on the chest. Your muscles contracted, holding this weight, so you mm. you, you cannot breathe. So everything kind of falling, falling apart. Arms get tired and heart rate going up, goes up. 
Yeah. Uh, so this kind of state of a panic at some point, you know, when you go for a minute uh, and, and you just uh, you just stop. Uh, and when you rest elbows on the pelvis, everything is okay. Your shoulders, mm. well, you know, somewhat relax a little bit of a, of a delta and mobility there, so you can you can breathe and these muscles can rest, so you can you know multiply multiply reps, go it's, it's over and over again. It's totally counterintuitive to what you would see or what, what certainly what you see online or certainly what you see most people doing with kettlebells is trying to lift it with that upper body in exactly the way that you're saying trying to lift it like a barbell whereas i mean what you're saying is 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 to almost to use your pelvis as your main area of stability which like when i've that's when, when i've seen the videos it's kind of it's a complete shock to what i'm seeing i'm like this is one of the the the, the biggest experts in the world around kettlebells and he's lifting in such a way the most sports scientists would say was going to give you an injury. Like it's 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 totally counter counterintuitive seeing the upper back kind of hunched and rounded like that, and the and the lower back with such a curve in it. But you know, it's obviously it's it's worked incredible. It gives you that incredible base of strength, and that's mostly around the endurance. You're saying that allows you to to place the endurance stress on other areas. Well. Um... Um, um, safety is, a, is a, one of the uh, top priorities in my own preparation and in my uh, coaching style. Uh, I care about it. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the reasons is uh, kind of very, very simple and easy to understand that there is not much uh, for money in kettlebell sport. Mm-hmm. And doesn't matter how great and multiple world champion you are, uh, like when you retired. There is no million dollars on your account, so you need to <laughs> keep going and doing something else. Mm. And I just don't have this luxury to be broken. Mm. You know, maybe like, let's say if you're outstanding boxer or uh, at least, you know, you get a wealth and I yeah. don't know, you can maybe somewhat, you know, relax and now start spending this money for your rehab. But kettlebell lifters doesn't have this uh, luxury, so we need to keep doing something else and there is not also much choice what to do because it's because of the education and type you time you spend so mm. you know the best way to go probably be a personal coach or something physical so you better stay healthy that's yeah. that was always in my head from the very beginning uh, mm. that i cannot really uh, put too much uh, risk of my body even i want to win i need to do it you know the most uh, smart way if it's possible you know i need to figure out how how it works so you know i'll be okay in one piece mm. uh, uh, and uh this technique like you uh, you've mentioned about sports scientists uh it's just uh not many of them uh took a closer look uh to what we do and i know that some did and even myself uh well i i, I spent five years in university just specializing of uh, on kettlebell sport, and I found you know, lots of understanding from the uh, professor stuff uh, mm. uh, about the kettlebell sport, and uh, like anatomy-wise and uh, biomechanic-wise, it's uh, it's all it's all makes sense when you take a closer look. Even if we're talking about the the force uh, uh, we're applying and the, the weight distribution on our frame on our skeleton, it's. Uh, uh, it works. Mm. It works uh, uh, pretty well. It's it's again like uh, anything else. Uh, it needs to be um, uh, done properly. It's definitely a challenge. Uh, mm. But 
it, it's something to, well, it's maybe more of a philosophical question, you know, because, uh, uh, yes, that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lot and there's a risk of, of uh, injury, but uh, it's nothing, nothing is safe, really. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And and in terms of like, because a lot of a lot of uh, the safety around around sports that involve weightlifting and and taking your body to, to an extreme level rely upon how not just the technique, but how often you're training, um, how you're programming the big lifts um, and, you know, what weights you're using. So, like, could you tell us a bit more about how you structure your training? How often are you lifting heavy? Like, how often are you ingraining these se separate moves? Are you doing any accessory exercises above and beyond just the snatch mm -hmm. and the clean and jerk and, and the long cycle exercises? Like, how are you structuring this? Uh, well, programming is, uh, well, I'm, I'm spinning around the, uh, what's called the training cycles. Preparation for one competition is about 12 weeks long. So basically my whole year is divided by 12 weeks spots. So it means per year I can do a solid five uh, performances when I will be ready for it. And uh, every time uh, I start a new training cycle, I'm deload. So, uh, you know, let's say like I, I have these titles uh, in, in long cycle, uh, victories uh, with 32 kilo and kettlebells and I'm uh, lifting, uh, practicing kettlebell sport non-stop from uh, 1999 but uh, it doesn't mean that uh, only the kettlebells I'm lifting is 32s uh, like if um, if you look through um, my whole training routine, so with 32s it will be less than 50% of time uh, and the other half, uh, actually more than half, is the lighter kettlebells. And again, when I'm at the beginning of the training cycle, I'm deload like all the way down to 16 kilogram kettlebells, which is uh, very light for me, especially after 32s. Uh, and uh, I'm start to building up uh, to competition weight towards competition. Well, and there are quite a specific um, uh, timing. Uh, uh, rules uh, I'm using such uh, let's say competitions as a 10 minute set so I know that uh, the biggest pre-competition test which is a seven minutes uh, uh, should be done two weeks prior competitions and then I need at least another four weeks to get ready for this seven minutes so basically uh, with 32 kilogram kettlebells I spent um, about six seven weeks uh, and then uh, whatever I have uh, rest, like six, five weeks, I'm uh, gradually building up with two kilogram increments, 16s, 18s, 20s, 22s, 24s, 26s, 28s, 30s. And uh, with uh, you're reducing the volume at the same time as you're increasing the weight, you're reducing the volume or you're trying to push volume at the same time? So uh, volume, if we're talking about the uh, time, because uh, the kettlebell sport workouts based on time. Uh, so reps is kind of a secondary priority. The way I'm programming is uh, time, uh, time intervals. Like I do, let's say, one-minute sets today or two-minute sets or three or four. So if we're talking uh, volume in time, it's about the same. Like it's, well, it, it might vary um, within the week. Usually beginning of the week can be a bit a smaller volume and then it's, it's growing towards the end of the week. But then each next week, 
Train yourself average average through the whole training cycle. It's about ten minutes of work per workout. Mm. And, about and you, about the same. And and are you are you integrating anything like military presses or shoulder press or rows or anything in the standard sort of weightlifting toolbox we we generally think of? Yeah, uh, well, that's that's what I call the uh, GBP. Just uh, in one second to finish. Uh, the story about kettlebells. So uh, the time is about the same, but what changes the weight of kettlebells? Kettlebells slightly start getting heavier, and also the uh, amount of repetitions. It's also like about the same. Well, with lighter kettlebells, I'm lifting slightly faster, and then as heavier kettlebells, it's kind of a trade happening. Uh, let's say um, with 16 kilogram kettlebells, I can lift, uh, let's say, 14 repetitions a minute. And then uh, by the time I will get to 32 kilogram kettlebells, I'll be lifting nine repetitions a minute. So uh, let's say I spend a week with 16s and then I move to 20 kilogram bell and I slow down by rep or two. And then I move to 24 kilogram kettlebell and I slow down again for another rep or two. Uh, and this, this light start, that's my investment to my technique. That's where I make sure that I, I do it right, that I'm landing my elbows properly, that I'm not overloading my, my shoulder, my chest, my back. Uh, that's that's very important safety element because, uh, let's say, if you will try to lift, uh, um, well, if you will try to do the kettlebell sport um, training routine with a challenging weight right away, uh, the weight you feel like 24 kilograms, so that, that might be dangerous because you don't have a sense of it. Uh, but when you start very light, uh, that just uh, it's it's light enough for your body to absorb it without any harm. Let's say if you made a sloppy top fixation, uh, and if it's uh, 64 kilograms over your head, it can dislocate your shoulder. I know, tore your whatever. All horrible things might happen to your shoulders. When it's only 16 kilogram kettlebells, it's just. It's just below the, your, your strengths. It's, it, there is no danger at all. You can easily steer them. You, you can press them even. Um, uh, so uh, that's why it's important. doesn't matter how, how experienced you are to start light. And then uh, when we're talking about the general conditioning, let's say what's going on with your uh, strengths or with your endurance, uh, for me, it's very informative uh, how well I'm, I'm managing kettlebell workouts. And usually the, kettle, the, the workout structure is uh, it's a good warm-up. And then uh, that's a, a kettlebell workout. It's a long cycle, a jerk, and snatch. And then afterwards, I'm moving to machines area or and I do something... Uh, well, when, when you're professional, then you're, kind of, you're more selective. Like, I'm, I'm not just go for squats or for for push-ups just because i i kind of i i sense what's missing sometimes i feel like okay i miss it i'm missing the explosiveness in my quads like i feel like my bob can be sharper and for me it's like a jump squats uh, i found out that the most effective exercise is a weight jump squats with again with a kettlebell on my back uh, so i'm i can do up to like 100 jump squats and that will be my tune-up of my quads uh uh, after bells or uh, let's say if I'm a bit shaky uh, in overhead I feel like I, I want to have a bit more stability you know a bit more 
kind of a static strength and power in my arms. So I will, will do uh, also a high rep push-ups, also up to like 100 reps. Uh, well, it can be sets of 20, 30 reps, but I'm total trying to get about 100 repetitions with a complete tailbow lockout and imitating my toe fixation uh, position. What strikes me there is how simple you're keeping it. Like, there's not a huge focus on, like, micro-accessory moves or, or, you know, doing three sets of 10 of this, three sets of 12 of this, three sets and, and programming around here. You're, th- you're, you're very much, maybe that's what you get to when you, you've been doing it as long as you. you. You understand what your body needs and you just, you're not trying to focus on too many elements. You're just saying, right, this, this I'm going to focus on getting this movement nailed down, which is counter to, to how a lot of people train today. They try and hit as many body parts as they can um, and perhaps no, don't hit them so well. Uh, well, but that's what we... Uh might call uh well advanced um, training routine when uh when we're talking about beginners uh then uh this gbp well general physical preparation well it, it's all it, yeah it, it's based on person background because even some person can be new to kettlebell sport but let's say i have uh, some outstanding big background in mixed martial arts or i you know in some other sports so i also take it in account and see what's going on with uh, you know muscle core of this person, what's going on with his endurance, because uh, let's say if this person came from Olympic rowing, well he's obviously fine with endurance, and we just needs to be, just organize his technique. Uh, if it's a powerlifting person, again strengths, there's no question, but he's very stiff, like mobility. Basically, like if if powerlifting person will come to me. Uh, to get a better kettlebell lifter, uh, there will be like no GBP for him. Uh, he, <laughs> he just he just don't need it. He will he will need proper warm up, kettlebells, and then stretching, stretching, yeah. yoga classes, just yeah. loosed up. You know, let your shoulders go, let your pelvis uh, pelvis cups move, so you will get this rack position done. Mm. He don't need strength. He way too strong uh, for it. And running. That's maybe yeah. you know what <laughs> what uh, guys in powerlifting <laughs> hate. Uh, well, but again, that's why you know I, I never really pull anyone to kettlebell sport. Uh, it should be you know your move first, uh, and if something if that's something that you want, well, I can list you know the um, topics we need to work on. We need to run, we need to stretch. Uh, Running and stretching. I think a lot of people would uh, would nearly be sick if you told them that in the gym. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's say if it will be a, like a track and field uh, athlete mm. or a runner who's have incredible endurance, uh, mobility on the level, but not enough muscle mass, a little bit too light. So for this person, we actually do quite a bit of uh, weightlifting, and actually we might not do that much of a stretching and running because he's like or she totally good with it. But we'll do squats, deadlift, push-ups, dips bench press uh, and just will establish this uh, necessary amount of uh, of uh, muscle mass to handle uh, this kettlebells especially if we're planning to go all the way to 32 kilogram kettlebells uh, which are quite heavy and you need to have uh, um, well we're not talking about some outstanding powerlifting performance uh, for 32s but you know uh, uh, body weight uh, at least on on the bar 
uh, for squats, uh, you know, one and a half body weight, uh, you know, half body weight on bench press, something like that. And 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 it's it's thirty two is the main competition category for the males, and and what is it for the females? Twenty four. It's twenty twenty four for female. And and how long does it generally take? I mean, it's a very it's how long is a piece of string? But how long does it generally take for a, an, an amateur or a novice who's maybe got a little bit of you've done a bit of CrossFit in their in their time, or they've had a bit of bit of experience in sports in their time, and they're coming in? What level do they normally start at? What sort of kettlebell do they start at? And how long does it take them to get to? Let's say they're dedicated. Let's say they train three or four times a week for this. How long might it take them to get to that? The, the 32 or the or for the females the, the 24 kettlebell well uh let's uh like my own example uh i'm uh, 1983 uh and uh the first time i've i've tried kettlebells was 1999 i was uh 16 years old so by the time i had experience of uh, mixed martial arts and in the gym, uh, by that time, my best achievement was uh, 100 kilograms of bench press on one rep. Well, maybe like oh, 10 reps, maybe I was able to do with, with 80 kilograms or something. And, and squats was about 150. So uh, was athletic, athletic uh, person and first time lifting bells. Uh, first time I was able to get 10 minutes set uh, of long cycle was 32s was 2000, um, 2002. So it took three me three years. years. Three years, and it was uh, 42 reps. Uh, so I, it was like just I barely made it to finish. I would say like a solid. I, I get a master of sport rank in 2003. So it took me four years to look uh, decent, not like looks you know struggling dying under these belts and barely muscling but when it looks somewhat under control and kind of like a professional looking so it took me four years and that's that's about the true true average uh, for a person who dedicate himself to that he he focus on it he working out consistently well three times a week uh, with kettlebells, that's ideal schedule, but also he paying attention to his general conditioning. He's working out with weights about three times a week. He's doing cardio about three times a week. Well, he paying attention to mobility. So um, there are some rare examples of uh, people achieving it even faster, like in two years. Well, someone never get it, but um, about four, four or five years to get to professional division. Yeah. And and that's that's a lot of the, the the difficulty for for people is it that it's not just like when you say training three times a week that's you know maybe that's the window that people see but they're not seeing the 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 time that you need to spend staying mobile the time that you need to avoid perhaps sitting down for for so long because it's very hard to counter and get the mobility that you're looking for if you're sitting at a desk for seven hours consecutively in a day or eight hours consecutively in a day. So, um, I mean, do, are you working with people who are working office jobs or, or do you, are you specifically working with, with athletes um, and people who are really dedicated to this? Well, actually, myself, like even right now, I can say that I pretty much have a desk job. Well, I mean, I'm at my home, but right now I'm in front of my laptop. Well, done with our interview, and I will get back to my programming uh, in front of my laptop, and I will sit here all the way like till 4 p.m. 
uh, and every day, like from like nine ten, uh, and uh, through my whole well, and before that, uh, like in Russia, I used to work in uh, in the gym. Uh, and first, I was a personal trainer, but I kind of I uh, was building up my career to administrative work. Was a supervisor of the gym. Uh, uh, like last uh, position was I was a, a director of one of the gyms. Uh, so I also was just on 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 the desk, and then when. Uh, you know, everything took care of uh, somewhere like 6, 7 p.m. When things come down, I change and I go do my workout. And uh, that's that's my schedule through my whole career. I'm working out. I'm, I'm showing up uh, in the gym or at least I'm, I'm change and work out only three times a week. Uh, other days, I'm completely resting. I'm not doing anything at all. Uh, but, well, these three workouts I'm doing, they're quite long. There's about three hours long. So three times a week, about three hours long, so about nine hours, well, nine, ten hours a week. That's that's my activity. And uh, with such schedule in these three hours, I able to manage everything in this workout. Uh, warm up, kettlebells, then after kettlebells, I move to barbells work, this GPP, and then I do my running routine, and then I do my stretching. Uh, another way to do that is... Um, let's say when you will split uh, uh, kettlebell routine and your GPP. So this way you can say it will be six workouts a, a week schedule. It will be a shorter workout. So let's say it maybe will be like 90 minutes workout uh, when you do kettlebells, let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you will do just a, just a GPP. It can be calisthenics, it can be barbells work. Uh, uh, and uh, the same uh, story about your running routine, uh, because um, like I'm uh, I'm running around the gym or on the treadmill. But uh, let's say you know if you live in you know next to some nice trail or stadium, and you like to run on the mornings or on the evenings, that also can be just a separate workout. So this way, you even can theoretically have uh, let's say two workouts a day, because you will have a morning run and then you will have like evening uh, gym workout. Uh, Mobility, that's also can be theoretically a separate workout. Let's say you will sign up for yoga classes and you will just, you know, do it with a, with a group. So you can have as many as, uh, what, uh, three kettlebell workouts, uh, three GPP workouts, three cardio workouts, three mobility workouts. So it gives us 12 workouts a week. Yeah. Uh, but each of them done three times. So it's it's basically like well, when I do coaching, uh, I do not push my students to some particular formula how to combine them all together. It uh, depends on your personal lifestyle. So you either can just squeeze them all in three workouts total or you can have uh, 30 minutes, one hour long, 12 workouts a week. It's up to you. Only what I do not recommend is uh, do these three workouts, you know, in a row in three days. So you yeah. need to, uh, you know, you have at least time. one day break, you know, between each time. But yeah, that's that's all. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, I feel it quite enough to not get, you know, stiff and uh, loosed up after your day in office. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good because. Um... Yeah, it's, it's 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 difficult to, um, or certainly the times I've spent in an office job. Um, I worked in London in the city for for a little while, and um, 
I think for that, I was, at the, I was at a desk. Luckily, we had standing desks, but I'd be there for nearly eight, nine, ten hours a day. And then I would squeeze in, you know, an hour, an hour and a half workout. And the little, it was just the little niggles, just the little injury niggles that I would start picking up because immediately the first thing that I would jettison would both the mobility stuff and then the stretching, you know, and then it would just be down to the core. You know, I'm a weightlifter. I like lifting weights. I like strength training. And without the mobility training with strength work, then, you know, it's a recipe for, it's a recipe for injury. So, um, well, uh, you know what? Actually, uh, this might be uh, one of the reasons why I like to work out at the end of the day. Because, uh, well, it's a benefit of the morning workout that you kind of have all this energy. You know, you're like, you did a workout, it feels great, you're ready to crash, and you, you did all this, like, a tough work during the day. But the drawback of it is just you have all this, like, uh, uh, um, not healthy type of like a fatigue uh, stress maybe if it's a you know some tough negotiation stressful job or standing by the desk you stiff in the all wrong places unsymmetrically and if you will just from here walk to your home on the couch you kind of relax but you will be all kind of crooked up in in just very you know uh, wrong state uh, and you will sleep not well because of that you know you might have a headache uh, and uh, when you do workout as the last thing of the day so even like you feel like you beat up in the office, uh, but it's different type of fatigue. It's uh, it's again, it's more like a kind of a stress, and maybe you know, I don't know depression. I mean, it's not it's not literally physical, and it might feel difficult to start your workout. But by the time you finish your warm up and start your first bell, uh, sets with bells, it just feel such relief. It feels like a manual, you know, reset button on computer when you cannot restart it and you just need to press it and hold it, that's what happens, that you finally feel like, okay, I'm out of it, you know, I'm out of this day, you know, I'm not thinking about whatever happened, I'm just enjoying, I'm just focused on my body, you know, I feel like I put everything in order again. I'm doing this mobility routine, so I uh, work out on the symmetry, uh, you know, and like it's tension, you know, if it was like more on the left, on the right, through through uh, your workout, even if it's hard, it's it's well planned and organized, and it's usually quite a symmetrical and um, well healthy way, right? You try to if you squat, you keep your back straight. If you bench or you lift uh, bells, so this uh, whole stressful uh, fatigue switch to pleasant uh, uh, workout fatigue. Uh, so you uh, you and and plus also this whole workout it heats up your body. Uh, so that's why when you do a mobility and stretching, uh, at the end of the workout, your body's really into it. It's, it responds really well to, to stretching. So, uh, like you total jelly after this, um, evening workout, but you're totally ready to just rest and sleep and just be totally relaxed. And that's, that's what, uh, that's what I like, um, about the schedules that I'm, I'm totally like in peace. You know, by the by the, the days, thanks to this workout, and just ready to rest and recover, and then you know I sleep, and then I start next day again with the work, with whatever you know stress I need to deal with, and I kind of motivated to go through it because I know that I will have you know this nice workout at the end of the day all, all for myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and um, it's something I need to get better at is, is certainly winding down at the end of the day. I. I 
it's it's getting used to that structure whereby if you integrate training into the end of your day sometimes it can wake you up and it takes a little time to get used to that routine of right i'm trained late at night but i'm still trying to bring my body temperature down Mm. enough to sleep and i'm trying to relax and i think that's why i've i've always enjoyed training either in the middle of the day which is a luxury i've i've got at the moment um and uh, or training in the mornings when it kind of wakes me up but i know that there's a real benefit to getting to de-stressing just as you're saying um through training at the end of the day well, it can be options also. It can be just a mobility, uh, it's easy workout, let's say, at the end of the day, right? Just uh, if we're talking about just really dealing with some, like, a stress or uh, desk uh, job, at least uh, easy yoga class, you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, at yeah. home, that something yeah. can uh, save, the, save the day. Yeah. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for coming along. I know we could, we, we have a lot more to learn about kettlebells. We've only just scratched the surface. But um, if anyone wants to, um, to find out more about you or kettlebells, um, where, where would you suggest they go? And, and how can people learn more about you? Well, Instagram works great. Uh, that's uh, Dennis Vasilev, uh, KB Sport. Uh, uh, well, my website, uh, I kind of organize everything uh, I have to offer and uh, about the kettlebell sport and uh, even lots of um, just um, free uh, educational videos. It's uh, Dennis Vasilev, uh, kettlebell.com. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm often there. So if you will, uh, if you will text me via website or Instagram, I will, I will check it out for sure. Perfect. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's the last thing or something that people should know about kettlebells that they don't? That's not about the kettlebell. That's about what you do with it. Uh, that's that's your that's your workout. Uh, that's that's your particular routine. So uh, just have a have a good idea. Uh, what type of workout you want to do just uh, learn first uh, 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 and, and know, know your target you know if it's a, if it's a fitness if it's a sport uh, what type of challenge you're looking for and then when you know what you're looking for well then uh, find a good uh, a good workout for it and yeah, I, I like it thank you so much for coming on Dennis and I, I hope we can speak again soon thank you thank you Good pleasure